If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time, jimmyoliveoil.com. They're back and better than ever at jimmylovesfbomb.com. They are the F-bomb company. Fat is smart fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend, MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter, macadamia nut butter blend. They also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. These are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com. And if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb, they'll give you 10% off of your first order. jimmylovesfbomb.com. Coming up in episode 1231, Tyler Cartwright. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Livin' La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore Hey, hey, guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to have here on the podcast a gentleman by the name of Tyler Cartwright. Now, Tyler's always had a fascination with learning, reading and self-improvement as a person and with a personal library of, get this, over 2,000 books. I think I've... 
I haven't read 2,000 books in my life. I'm just kidding. 2,000 books on a myriad of topics. Some people might call it a bit of an obsession. A decade ago, with his weight at a hulking 505 pounds, his doctor told him, all in all, you're as healthy as a horse, but you're also as big as one. I'm not going to test your blood for what I know we will find because I think you can fix this with diet and exercise. So upon hearing that and after receiving a letter written to him by his mother, he decided to go on a journey to leverage that knowledge along with some passing experience and knowledge about a ketogenic diet to improve what was sure to be a shortened uh, food shortened life. Along the way, he developed and, and resolved his type 2 diabetes and he has lost nearly 290 pounds without ever having any surgery or medication. His wife, oh yeah, by the way, his wife also lost over 100 pounds. She lost 125 pounds. And today they are uh, educating, I guess is the way to put it, Tyler. All the people out there trying to inspire them with your story. And dude, what a story. That's pretty awesome. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that. And uh, welcome yeah, to the show. Been, uh, long time. Thank you. <laughs> now, people may know your name because uh, you were one of the people behind the development of this whole Keto Gains uh, movement that is happening. KetoGains.com is the website. They also have a extraordinarily very popular Facebook page, uh, Keto Gains, as well. So if you type in Keto space gains on Facebook, you will definitely find them. And you guys are quite the active group, and we'll definitely get into that here more in a moment. But tell us a little bit more of this story. 500 pounds. Whoa. How did that happen? You know, if, if I knew the answer to that, I think uh, I'll laugh. I said, I think it would become the fat whisperer, right? Yes, I you mean, and me the, both. The tr- <laughs> yeah, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, I've said before, nobody gets to 500 pounds because they have healthy habits or healthy uh, ways of thinking. And, you know, life collaborates against you sometimes. And, you know, when you when you face those obstacles, when, when things are taken away from you, when you have, uh, you know, hopes and dreams that may have gotten dashed a little bit, uh, you know, you resort to the things that bring you comfort. And I think, quite frankly, what brought me comfort was food uh, for whatever reason. I think, uh, and Jim, you can probably appreciate this growing up in the South. When we're happy, we eat. When we're uh, yeah. sad, we eat. When we, when we have company, we eat. When we go to church, we eat. We do. You know, there is not a there is not a function in the South that doesn't involve boiled peanuts and fried chicken and somebody's famous coleslaw. So oh, and uh, don't forget the holy smoke pie. You got to have that nice like <laughs> chocolate layered pie. Sure. So, so, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you just get that large because you're unhappy and, uh, to quote the Austin Powers movie, you eat because you're unhappy and you're unhappy because you eat. And so it becomes a good friend of mine refers to it. Yeah. A friend of mine refers to it as a beast that eats itself. And that's really a very true statement. Um, you know, and when, you know, your spouse is, you know, God love her or him, want you to be happy and connect with you over food. It just creates that sort of uh, perfect storm, if you will, for, you know, for rapid weight gain and, and, you know, for life to become exponentially more difficult. But uh, yeah. So about a decade ago, I had found myself at about 505 pounds. I could not uh, stay awake for more than an hour or two at a time. I was falling asleep while driving car. I was, uh, you know, doing all of these these things and just adamantly refused to believe that there was anything wrong with me, that I was just tired. I just wasn't sleeping. I just, you know, if I 
loaded up on, you know, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever. I mean, I could power through the day, but literally if I was not stopping to eat every, you know, hour and a half or two hours, I would fall asleep at my desk at the office. Yeah. It was, it was, it was not a good situation. Tyler, how old were you at the time? I was about 28 or so at the time. Okay, so late 20s, uh, very similar to my story, late uh, early 30s. And then can you give us, and this is always trips people out when I tell them what my day used to look like back in the day when I was over 400 pounds. What what did a day look like for you as far as eating when you were 500 pounds? Um, You know, uh, I remember you repressed it. No, actually, uh, you know, I was, I was telling uh, Tristan Haggard that, uh, that does Primal Edge Nutrition and yeah. Primal Edge Health, um, you know, I was talking with him uh, separately a while back, and as I was writing the prologue for the book on my journey, uh, I had to kind of open that can of worms, and so I started to look back, uh, because I'm a bit of a pack rat at all the PDFs of uh, bank records and those kinds of things to identify how frequently I was eating out oh, and what I was spending, and... and Having to, to go back in, in those uh, those thought processes and, and you know, one of the things I realized is is after I did the math I was spending about uh, well, my wife and I were spending about twenty two hundred dollars a month on food whoa just as a, a, a number value there um, but you know ultimately it was a situation where I would get up in the morning you know I would. Uh, for no reason other than because I could, I would get up and drive to the McDonald's or to the Hardee's down the road. Oh, and yeah. Stop and uh, get myself two breakfast, but you always order it with two different drinks. So it looks like you're ordering it for two people instead of just yourself. <laughs> and, you know, then uh, you usually order a third person while you sit there and pretend that you're trying to remember what Sally from the office wanted. Right. Yeah. You know, of course. So. So, you know, by the time that I was done with breakfast, I'd actually consume more calories than than most uh I guess normal human people would have consumed in a given day. Right. Uh, that didn't involve what I would go and munch on at 10 o'clock, uh, you know, and then at 12 and, you know, two. By the time that I was said and done, I actually just took a day and really recreated it based on receipts and recollections. Scary. Uh, about 9,700 to 11,000 calories mm-hmm. a day was what I was taking in. Did you count uh, the carbs? Almost, How many carbs is almost that? Almost all from fast food. I could actually pull up, pull up the book and look it up. But yeah, it because was, I counted it mine was one time, Tyler, a, and it's like a pound and a quarter, I think, or, yeah, or a full m- pound. Yeah, of carbon mine, Tyler. Can you hear me, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> mine was like fifteen to sixteen hundred grams mm-hmm. of carbs, mostly from the Coca Cola. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just insane. I mean, you know, I was I was actually uh, talking with a good friend of mine and I was telling him that we were going to record this today. And I said, you know, the, the funny thing is our stories are so similar in that respect. Right. Yeah. You know what I know from your backstory and my own, you know, there is just this fixation with comfort that comes and, you know, you associate those good experiences with a cold Coca-Cola or, you know, a, a you know, piece of fried chicken or a biscuit or whatever. Right. So you know what I remember, I remember drinking sometimes a Coca-Cola and going, I don't even taste it. I can't even taste it anymore, but I just still wanted to drink it. And it, it, mm-hmm. it was the weirdest concept. And, and you try to explain that to people why you would do that. I don't know why I did that. Sure. I actually got to the point where in order to make it taste sweet, I actually added sugar to Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. I, did, I never did that. <laughs> yes. But I did add sugar to all kinds of things. Uh, raisin bran, which is so sweet, and, and added more sugar to it. And, sure. Yeah. 
that kind of thing. So where did keto come into the picture? How did you learn about a ketogenic diet? So I had played around with Atkins before. So, I mean, I was familiar with the low carb approach, uh, you know, more so as sort of a stopgap or a temporary measure to try and lose some weight, but not, uh, you know, in terms of it being a lifestyle approach of eating ultra low carbohydrate. Um, and so I had a little bit of a passing interest. Uh, my brother actually had decided he was going to do low carb in the Atkins sense of the word. And so I, uh, picked up, uh, the Atkins book cause I was convinced of all of the myths, right? You know, it's going to kill your kidneys. Life is going to end for you. Right. The body needs sugar, you know, all of the things that, that, you know, you and I constantly deal with, you know, in public forums and, and in private as well. Um, you know, and so it became this uh, this sort of obsession that I was going to prove him wrong. And then uh, three months later, realized that there wasn't anything to fear and kind of had played with it before. But really, in a very ad libitum fashion, very uncontrolled. And it sort of was this ebb and flow thing. And so I never really found myself getting truly fat adapted. I never really found that adherence to a point where I felt good. The research still wasn't really there about electrolyte intake and all of the things that right. seemed to kind of help a ketogenic diet. To oh, be dude, I got Charlie diet. horses like crazy <laughs> the year I did Atkins and my wife would wake up in the middle of the night with me screaming and she would go down and massage my calves. And if I only knew salt, 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 magnesium, <laughs> potassium, water, all these things that we now know. Yeah. Now we know <laughs> back Absolutely. then, not so much much. Absolutely. And so that was kind of the nature of, you know, my entree into it. And then, you know, I had gotten myself, you know, so overweight that, you know, when I had to go back, it was almost like, well, what has worked? And well, what had worked was the approach that I had taken. So I actually uh, was surfing the internet and saw this, this guy named Lyle McDonald who had written this book called yep. The Ketogenic Diet yep. and read through that. And I thought to myself, now this is a guy who the science geek in me can get behind, right? And so he's pretty geeky you know, himself. I, yep. <laughs> I, poured, I poured through that, uh, that information and started uh, trying to get my hands on journal copies of this, the research studies that he was referencing and got into. You know, all kinds of message boards and forums and search engines and all that fun stuff trying to find that data. And What's this your was, background to, to do that? Because most normal people, Tyler, no, no offense, they don't just go to the journal articles. Do you have some science in your background? Sure. So, so I actually started, uh, started off my uh, college education as a biochemistry and uh, biology double major. Uh, my intention was actually to go into med school or yep. to vet school. I wasn't really sure which. And... Uh, you know, I used to laugh and say that they make more money in human medicine, but the patients complain a whole lot less when they're rabbits <laughs> and dogs and cats. But, uh, but uh, you know, I wasn't really sure which way I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter was, you know, yeah, science has always fascinated me. And sure. so I, I literally, of the 2,000 plus books that I own, I can think of maybe a handful of them that are fiction. Uh, the rest of them are all nonfiction books, uh, you know, research statistics books. I actually just picked up a uh, an updated version of uh, Leninger's uh, Principles of Biochemistry because that's the nerd that I am. Oh, so, that's my uh, bathroom reading, man. So I'm just there. You, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, so so I mean, ultimately, 
if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. You know, one sure. of the things that, that one of my uh, my heroes in life said to me one time was, uh, if you uh, don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? Mm. And I think that that's a really useful skill that, that you know, was, was bequeathed to me, if you will, is to be able to say, I'd rather learn this stuff right the first time and then, you know, tweak and adjust as I go along than to just kind of flail about like a, you know, like a spastic poodle in a pool and, uh, you know, hope that eventually I get to the other side. And so, um, so started doing a lot of the research and the reading and the, and, and the, the articles. And, and it was really interesting that, you know, one of the things that came out of this is that, you know, it's not necessarily that sugar is the enemy. The problem is we just eat too darn much of it. And, you know, quite frankly, how much is enough? seems to be very wildly individualistic, right? right? There are people who can remain ketogenic, you know, very, very lean, very, very strong people, those using, uh, you know, anabolics to enhance their, their you know, metabolism and their muscle protein synthesis. You know, they're going to get away with a whole lot more than someone with a history of massive obesity and, you know, metabolic uh, issues and, you know, disorders like type two diabetes, insulin, insulin resistance, those kinds of things, they're just going to get away with a whole lot uh, more than than people like me, uh, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, that that was really what drug me kicking and screaming into the world of giving up my pizza sure. and my bagels and my biscuits and my drive throughs to McDonald's. find it challenging to get organ meats into your healthy ketogenic lifestyle? Don't you wish you could get all the benefits of consuming these traditional superfoods chock full of nutrients without having to cook or eat them? Well, let me introduce you to the brand new grass-fed organ complex supplement from Paleo Valley, makers of the deliciously juicy grass-fed beef sticks. They use gently freeze-dried ingredients, including all grass-fed, grass-finished beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney to give you a flavorless, power-packed punch of nutrition you won't be able to replicate beyond eating all of these organ meats in your diet. Each bottle contains a 30-day supply of easy-to-swallow pills with the fillers or flow agents added. They're gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. Go to paleovalley.com slash LLVLC and use the coupon code LLVLC to get a generous 20% off your order. Try it today to get a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee and see how you like the grass-fed organ complex for yourself. That's paleovalley.com slash LLVLC. From the makers of Quest Bars comes an exciting new product line for those of us interested in the ketogenic lifestyle. It's called Quest Keto, and these innovative foods will make your pursuit of ketosis that much more convenient and tasty. There are a myriad of sweet and savory snacks, as well as ready-to-eat frozen meals, including ketogenic cinnamon rolls, sandwiches, biscuits, flatbread frittatas, and so much more. I've personally tried all of these new Quest 
plus keto products, and they are the real deal, offering delicious, truly keto-friendly foods that don't negatively impact your blood sugar or blood ketone levels. Check out the full line of new ketogenic meals and more at questketo.com. You can experience all the health benefits of keto on the go, anytime, anywhere, thanks to Quest Keto. Tyler, I got to ask you, what has been the most challenging thing being a four, former four or uh, 500 pounder? Um, what do you find today all these years? And h- how long ago was that that you had your life change? Uh, it's been right at 10 years. A 10 little years bit ago. Past okay. that, so that, right yeah. at 10-ish years ago, you made this change. Obviously, you're 10 years uh, later, 10 years older. Have you found there, there to be any challenges that you didn't expect uh, after you lost the weight, you probably had all this excitement. Oh my goodness! And my health is back. You know, have there been any you know, challenges come up for you? It, it's funny. It's 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 less about food, and that that might say something to my inner masochist. It was never really about, uh, you know, from a dietary perspective, just how you know. Oh, I have to do without fill in the blank food. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never about that. Um, one of the things I touched on earlier, you know, my wife and I really connected over food. You know, when when we were dating, we used to go out late at night because I was working a night job in addition to trying to do some stuff as an entrepreneur. And yeah. and uh, so we would go out and eat, uh, you know, at like a little Denny's or whatever in the town. Um, well, my first you know, date with Christine was at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there was that natural connection that existed. And one of the things, you know, and, and I've used this analogy before, it's like if you remember the McDonald's commercial where Calvin got a job and, you know, everybody's, you know, so proud of him and high five him. And I kind of expected that early on. You know, here I am dropping 40 or 50 or 60 pounds and, and everybody, you know, I was expecting like giant foam fingers with Tyler's number one written on them or whatever. And the truth of the matter is the one person that I cared about more than any other, my wife, resented it. Mm. And I just couldn't understand. And there was a part of me that wanted to just fight with her constantly about this very topic. And I mean, we've talked openly about this. So I feel like I can share this story pretty candidly. Um, you know, we finally got to the point where I just, you know, we had this conversation and we realized we had this toxic thing about food. And it was about that point in time that she kind of came alongside and decided she was going to give this a try too. And and it's been just life changing. But for us, it was more about learning new non-toxic sort of behaviors. Yes. To cope with things, to encourage each other, to celebrate, to do all of those things and to do so in a way that doesn't completely derail us from our goals or, or our you know, our outcomes. And I guess the other thing that I would say, and I wrote about this briefly at Keto Gains, um, was the idea that people that have 20 or 30 pounds to lose, sort of what I lovingly call vanity weight or ab weight. We um, hate those people, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I've got some good friends that are pretty uh, pr- pretty uh, in that camp. So, you know, it is what it is. But I don't think that they can truly understand what no. it's like to lose 100 pounds and look at myself in the mirror and go, you're still fat. Right. Or to lose 200 pounds and look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, you're still fat. Um, and and it, not to be one of those mean judgment things, it's really a statement of fact. To look at yourself and say, you still have 35% body fat or you are clinically obese. Yeah. And that you've done all this hard work over all these years and the end result is, yeah, I still don't like the way I look naked and I'm still clinically obese and – you know, my doctor is still wagging his finger at me. So, you know, there's really nobody. And by that point in time, 
all the people who did have the foam fingers waving at all the the people giving me a high five on the you know my way to my first job at McDonald's, so to speak, uh, you know, that were cheering me on early on have kind of all disappeared to the wayside to go back to living their own lives, and they don't want to hear every day how you're struggling or what you're frustrated with or how today's a fat day. You well, the know, the thing so, that I got, Tyler, was when I started becoming a little bit more evangelical about about sharing what worked for me because people were interested and so I'd start talking about it. And then yeah, it was the same thing. A- a- at first they were like, oh, tell us more. And mm-hmm. then after a while they're like, okay, please shut up about low carb. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think that people understand that that, you know, when you weigh weights similar to what you and I have weighed, we were going to die. So, I mean, in a very real sense, you use the word evangelical and it's probably very much the right word, right? I mean, it's, it's, there is sort of this proselytizing that needs to go on in our minds because we were going to die. Yep. And now health markers indicate that we're much less likely to do so, at least not, you know, next week. And I mean, it got to the point where, I mean, for me personally, I mean, my father, we were at a a hunting cabin and, you know, he made a comment to me. He said, I I counted. He said, you stop breathing for about a minute and a half in between every breath while you sleep. That's deep sleep apnea. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there is that side of it where it is almost like a proverbial come to Jesus meeting for us because we've... You know, we've experienced the low and now the high, and we want to share that with people, especially people that we see hurting, suffering, frustrated. You know, I'm doing all the things my trainer told me to do or all the things my doctor told me to do, and it's not getting any better. And so now I'm eating statins like Pez candy. You know, it's yeah. it's it's just problematic, and it is frustrating when you have the answer. But to your point, after a while, the drum banging does get a little bit old. And yet, we're still here. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're still being, uh, you know, w- w- the, what I did after a while, Tyler, was was I was like, you know what? People know where they can go when they need answers. And, and that's sure. kind of the philosophy I've taken now. I don't bring up nutrition unless someone brings it up. Now, if they bring it up, I'm flowing out of the mouth a lot of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. because they brought it up and they wanted to know have you found that in your life that it's just you better know, not to say anything until somebody brings it up it's funny i mean i'll wear shirts sometimes uh jamie caparoso that uh oh, runs yes, the keto, keto paleo jamie's awesome he, he sent me a uh, the, the keto uh, maniac shirt like the hulkamaniac yes, logo and they eat but- like you give a crap yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I love, I love the approach there. And so, I mean, I'll wear that stuff and it definitely sparks a conversation. Yes. Um, you know, and so I don't mind those conversations at all, but you know, I don't want to turn it into keto Hare Krishna, you know, at the right. airport every time I'm walking through handing out leaflets to people either, because nobody <laughs> likes those kinds of folks. Um, you turn know, the, or burn. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the truth of the matter here, uh, which, by the way, is actually good advice for a grill also. Rotate your meat frequently and keep it at a nice even temperature. Or otherwise, it will. But uh, no, um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, I try and be very conscious of not wanting to walk up to every person that I perceive to be struggling or frustrated and be like, let me tell you about my lard and savor. Right. I mean, you know, and right. I, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be that person. However, you know, uh, to your point, I'm always there, right. I'm always available for folks that do have questions or one insider or, or what have you. And, you know, it's funny 
somebody will see a picture of me from before and then now or see one of these before and afters and they'll reach out and they'll go, how did you do it? And I'll tell them, you know, but but before that, they'll go, I'd do anything if I could have that outcome. And then Except. I tell them what I do and they go, oh, I could never give up right. filling the book. Right. I'm like, what what does that say from an, you know, sort of an addiction or a pseudo addiction mindset when you recognize the solution to something, but you're unwilling to do the thing that's required to get it. It underscores that addiction is what it does. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it's fascinating talking to you, Tyler. I had no idea about this being in your history. So I'm really glad we're talking here today. Sure. The reason I got you on today is because keto gains uh, is out there again, keto gains.com, the keto gains website. Tell us a little bit of the philosophy of keto gains. Uh, why was it started? What's the purpose sure. of the group and, and what is your kind of philosophy trying to teach people? Um, go. Sure. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of an interesting background. So, I mean, you know, I played sports in high school. I, I enjoy being in the gym. It's kind of cathartic for me to, to be in there and exercise and feel kind of accomplished. Were you uh, big in high school or were you muscular I, I, and got was, big after high school? I mean, you know, I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, powerlifting type workouts, uh, you know, played football, ran track for long enough to realize I didn't want to run track, play <laughs> tennis. Uh, you know, so, so I wasn't really all that big in high school. I was, it was very, very strong. Uh, you know, uh, when I had a knee issue a while back, I saw an orthopedist and he yeah. commented uh, that he couldn't imagine I would ever have any broken bones. And I said, why is that? He said, because your legs look like an elephant's. Um, yeah, because of and the at weight first you I thought carrying. he was making a fat joke and I was about to get mad. And then he put him up on the x-ray and I realized he actually meant my physical bones were enormous. Mine are the um, same so way, dude. I think carrying around all that weight all those years really made the bones strong in the legs. It could very well be. It I mean, truly I is was, big boned. You know, we joke about it, but yeah. it truly is big bone. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, though, I mean, I lifted a lot. So when I was in high school, I weighed about what I weigh now. But, uh, you know, I was uh, one point squatting 685. Uh, you know, I mean, it was uh, I was a pretty strong guy. Yeah. And, you know, when you stop competing, sometimes you find other ways to compete. And unfortunately, eating all the pizza and chicken wings you can find isn't necessarily the best approach to uh, to doing it's so. It's a great but, competition, uh, though. I remember my brother, Kevin, mm-hmm. and I and my dad and, and my little brother would always go out to the pizza place. All right, let's see who can eat the most pizza. And sure. So I, I would always come in second. My brother, Kevin, was always the winner. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a good competition. <laughs> Well, it's fun while it lasts, right? But uh, yeah. then you feel miserable afterwards. In hindsight, but, uh, I go, what were we thinking? Sure. But, uh, yeah, no. So, uh, you know, so, yeah, no, I wasn't uh, terribly, uh, you know, overweight in high school. I mean, I definitely was not lean. But you know, when you play offensive and defensive line on a football team, you want a little bit of weight. So there was never yeah. really a, a motivation to be that way. So, you know, it's funny. I said you know, I, I weigh the same actually about. 15 pounds less than I weighed as a sophomore in high school um, because I actually remember the weight when I went in for my physical is the only reason I know that. But uh, right. um, yeah, but it's definitely a different sort of weight, right? I mean, it just definitely looks different. So, 
So keto but, gains, uh, where'd that no, come so, from? Yeah, so so getting there. Uh, <laughs> you will find I take the long way around to get to I'm gonna, things. I'm going to reel you in here, brother. <laughs> right, rail, rail me back in here. No, so, so keto gains is one of those things where, you know, there really wasn't a lot of research data. There wasn't a lot of information out there about how to exercise while ketogenic. I mean, you know, we see a lot of this stuff from doctors uh, Finney and Volek and those folks that were dealing with endurance athletes. You can see a lot of this stuff from, you know, from ultra runners and those folks um, but the challenge is when it got to weightlifting, right? When it got to strength training, there really wasn't much there. And so started doing some research on it. And I found this guy named Luis Villasenor. And awesome. he and I had a conversation. And Luis and I, uh, you know, when you've slept on a guy's couch at least three times in your life, I'm pretty sure that he becomes a friend for life de facto. That's but, in the bro code, uh, yes. Yeah, I believe it is actually in the bro book. But uh but uh, so ultimately, you know, we, we just sort of struck up this friendship. There was already this movement going on, this Reddit forum, Keto Gains, this this Facebook group, Keto Gains. And so I just kind of got plugged in there and uh, my inner geek started to come out. Plus, you know, with the background in exercise and lifting to be able to offer feedback to folks. And one of the things that we found was while it was really initially intended to be about strength training, one of the things that we were uncovering was that a lot of the people that were showing up were saying, I've never lifted before. And I've never been able to stick to any diet or any approach to, to eating that's that's beneficial. And we started to kind of step back and say, well, well, what if these two are linked, right? I mean, what if strength training actually generates strength in resolve and willpower and mental, you know, stability and, and, and structure just as much as it does physically improve the biceps and the triceps and the quadriceps and all the muscle groups that we're all familiar with. Yeah. And so we started looking at sort of, you know, group-based coaching and we did a little bit of that just uh, as a trial basis for some folks that had been long-term members and we we opened up a group for a period of time for those that still had a long part of their journey to go. We actually we uh, actually use the term metabolo, which means a changing of the mind from a spiritual perspective uh, to name the group um, that was really focused on those that needed to lose 100 pounds and had never really been able to stick to anything. And one of the things we found is when we put people in a gym and got them comfortable with doing even basic exercise, all of a sudden, they have that sense of accomplishment and pride and all the stuff that seems to get stripped away from us, the humanity that gets stripped away when you grow up obese or when you become obese and you, you, know, you lose that part of you where people see you as a co-equal human. And, you know, I don't mean to say that to infer that it's right. I'm just simply yeah. observing the fact having been there, you are always 60% of the person who is lean and saying exactly the same things you are. Um, so I think that the reality was that my background in having been massively obese and, and becoming less so and Luis's background in having been obese as a child, anorexic as a you know young adult and then the muscular guy that you see now kind of coalesced into, into a larger group uh, or a larger approach instead of simply being, oh, let's talk about lifting weights and being bros and eating keto to how can we affect 
the mindset of somebody by giving them the strength that they don't have today, by giving them the resolve and the confidence that they need to be able to say, you know what? No, thanks. I don't need that other beer. I don't need that extra slice of pizza. I don't, you know, I don't want any of those things anymore. I want success. And this is what success requires. Yeah. Now, earlier you talked about having a book and you're actually uh, in the midst of two books. Can you tell us briefly about the two books and when we can expect to see them? <laughs> well, the, the last part I can answer, uh, when I set out to write a book about my journey, I said, you know, I've rewritten the first 11 pages 37 times at this point. Oh, so, is that all? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's it, right? And this hasn't even gotten to editing yet. I mean, I, I'm about 15 pages into the book. So that will be coming to bookshelves near you sometime in about 2027. The next millennia, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Luis approached me, you know, and said, hey, you know, I know you're doing this, but we really need to talk about the philosophy, right? You know, we need to step back and say, hey, this is this is too important to let go. This connection that we found, this this, you know, sense of strength and pride you know, we need to seize on this and actually write so that people can take away from from what we're telling them, the strip all of the emotion and the I don't like that guy or I like this guy or, you know, the to borrow from First Corinthians, you know, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am, you know, I am of Peter, you know, whatever. And simply get to the fact of this is why we do what we do, kind of answering the why questions behind the what and sure. really saying, you know, hey, this is an approach that we found that works. It may not work for everyone, but we can tell you that for those whom it does work, it seems to work very well. And quite frankly, if you want to learn how to get physically stronger and in the process also get you know, mentally stronger, emotionally stronger, you know, to be able to to come back from some of the kicking in the shins that life loves to give us, you know, we can show you how to do that. And here is how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it takes a, you know, we're going to take a lot of information and try and distill that information down into one resource. So it's going to take some time. You know, we don't have a staff of writers on hand, so uh, it's probably going to take, you know, I would think uh, the better part of this year to put that uh, into print. Sure. And then from there, I would expect that, you know, we'll find uh, someone to actually be interested in doing the publishing and handling all that side of stuff. So, well, when you're ready for that aspect of things, I I have a few connections. I'd be happy to help you guys out. And definitely when that book is available, uh, we'll we'll certainly do our part and get you and Luis back on together to talk about the book. I think it would be really fascinating. You definitely have a a different perspective than maybe people have heard in the ketogenic world. And, And that's okay. I think it's okay that there's different ways ways of getting there because we're all going for the same thing and that's to make people optimally healthy so thank you for all your work that you're doing tyler again his name tyler cartwright visit the website ketogains.com or you can find keto gains on facebook well thanks so much for being here today on the living la vida low carb show awesome thanks jimmy i appreciate the time Coming up next time on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll have Jason Thomas from Eat Peely Nuts. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc.